I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Cindy Linden, and this is the Cook Along Podcast. I have a butternut squash that landed in my hands, and we're going to cook it today in one of my favorite squash dishes. It's called butternut squash and rice casserole. And while that sounds really boring, this comes out to be warm and a really just comforting, cheesy combo. Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you about the cheese. That is so reassuring at the end of a day. There are two parts to this recipe, and the first part is we have to deal with the butternut squash. I'll tell you the ingredients for this casserole, and then we're going to go back. We have to roast the squash. So we're going to call that sort of a do-ahead. So while I'm talking to you, please turn your oven on to preheat to 400 degrees and find yourself a nice, sharp, reliable knife that you know isn't going to slip or cut you. Because cutting a squash is always a kind of a dangerous proposition. This recipe makes enough for three people. So if you're serving a family or you want leftovers, you'll need to double the amounts I'm about to tell you. The ingredients are the butternut squash. And my recipe doesn't specify what size because it becomes part of the smushed together stuff of the casserole. So size doesn't really matter. You want a half a tablespoon of olive oil, a half a cup of long grain white rice, one cup of vegetable stock, and that could be chicken stock if that's what you have on hand. I like to use the vegetable. Two cloves of garlic, two fresh tomatoes, Again, the size isn't important, but I would say the size of a small apple. So not too small. If your tomatoes are really small, use more of them. Half a cup of black beans, and we're going to drain and rinse those. So you just need a can. Quarter of a cup of frozen corn, a teaspoon of cumin, a teaspoon of chili powder. I'm going to use an ancho chili powder, a teaspoon of salt, and then we get to the cheese. You'll want a third of a cup of shredded Mexican blend cheese and two tablespoons of shredded sharp cheddar. And for that one, it's probably best not to use one that's pre-shredded. The Mexican blend, it's okay if it's pre-shredded because we're going to mix it into a bunch of stuff and it'll melt just fine. And besides, it would be a real pain to try to grate your own Mexican blend, although you're welcome to do it if you want to. The sharp cheddar, you could use some that's prepackaged, pre-shredded. I recommend not doing that. 
Let's talk about the equipment you're going to need. You'll need a cookie sheet. You'll need some parchment paper and some cooking spray. You'll need a saucepan, a sharp knife, a way to drain and rinse your black beans, so some kind of colander. And then to cook it, you'll need a casserole dish that has a lid that will hold maybe two quarts worth of stuff. Mine is a Pyrex and it says it's two quarts or two liters. If you don't have a lid, just put foil over the top. That'll be fine. If you decide you like doing this with your butternut squash, please tell your friends about this recipe and how to find me on SoundCloud or on thecookalongpodcast.com and share the recipe with them. Right now we're going to wash this squash because we're going to cook it. Wash the squash. Just get the goop and the dust off of it. And then dry your hands because we need to have need to have it as unslick as possible. And then we're going to take your sharp knife. I'm using a chef's knife, a big old thing. We're going to cut off the end with the stem. Just leave that out. We're not going to use that. And then also cut off the bottom where the, I guess it's where the flour would have been at some point. That was the safe and easy part. Now comes the hard part. We want to cut this in half lengthwise. Go slowly and carefully. Be sure to keep your fingers out of the way of the knife blade. It doesn't matter if they're even because we're not going to use the squash as a whole squash. Just push down carefully and slowly with your hopefully pretty sharp knife until it separates into halves. Okay, there we go. What I love about butternut, two things. First, the color is always astonishing. It's just this glorious, vivid orange that's so nice. The other thing I really like about it is that the place where the seeds are, the seed pocket, is tiny. It's mostly squash, unlike, say, a pumpkin or even an acorn squash, where the seeds and the pulp are most of the inside. There's just this little pocket of seeds and pulp instead and leaving you a lot of squash. So what we're going to do is scoop out the seeds and pulp. And we're not going to use them. If you want to, you can keep the seeds and roast them. And in fact, if you decide you want to do that, send me a message on my Facebook page and I'll send you a quick and easy recipe for roasting squash seeds. I only do them for a couple of the larger squashes, but I bet you could do it for any of them. Once you get seeds scooped out of both sides, mine's a little dry, which is unfortunate because it means it's a little harder to scrape these strings and seeds out of here. Once you've scooped out the seeds and the stringy, goopy stuff, get some cooking spray and spray the open halves with the cooking spray on the top. Sprinkle them with a little regular salt and a little regular pepper. Not a ton, just enough to show. Put your parchment paper on top of your cookie sheet. And then put your butternut squash face down, so cut side down on the parchment paper on the cookie sheet. And put that in your 400 degree oven to roast. That's going to take probably depending on the size of your squash, at least half an hour, maybe 40 minutes. So get your squash all taken care of and in the oven. Then come back to me. Don't wait because we're going to do the next step while we're waiting for the squash to cook. All right, we're going to take care of almost everything else while that squash is cooking. 
although it's going to also have to cool. So just be aware that if you wanted to take a break here, you could. Let's start with cutting up the stuff we're going to need to cut up. We're going to need two cloves of garlic. If you want to chop some, you can. I am going to chop some today because I have it and it's getting old and I need to use it up. And actually, some of it is, I think it's dead. So I'm just going to compost that. If you have a jar of pre-chopped garlic, that's okay too. If you're using cloves from a head of garlic like I am, you put them on your cutting board. You probably already know this. And you use the flat of your big knife to smash them until they crack, which is what you just heard. And that's how you peel the skins off. So once they're broken, the skins come right off. And then we are going to mince those. You do not have to do this. This is optional. You could use a garlic press if you wanted to squish it. Like I said, you can use the jarred stuff. I am using the real thing because these are starting to sprout. I saw a thing the other day that said if you have a garlic clove that's starting to sprout, you can just grow it and use it, not the garlic clove part, but the green things that grow out of it. You can just cook with them. They're called garlic shoots, and they're kind of like chives. You just put the clove that's trying to grow something into a little container of shallow water and let it grow until it has a shoot or several shoots. I guess it'll do several. And then you just trim those off and use them the way you would chives. That's kind of my thing. I love doing that with vegetables, just having them grow. Of course, in this circumstance, you're not regrowing something that you've already used most of. You're trying to rescue something that you should have used earlier. That's okay. Better than just tossing it. When they start to sprout, throw them in a little container of water and grow them instead. So the garlic is now chopped, and then the next thing is the tomatoes. I will be so glad. I'm just rinsing my tomatoes here. I will be so glad when there are real tomatoes in my garden that I'm growing. So I have three tiny. They're like golf ball size, and they should be more like... Tennis ball's too big. Racquetball, at least a racquetball size. If yours are too tiny, add some more. And we're going to just slice them, slice them and dice them, as certain commercial used to say. We're just going to cut them up into pieces, chopped squares about, I don't know, half inch square maybe. I don't remember where I found this recipe. Whatever I'm doing here isn't something I got from somebody else directly. I modified something to suit me. I uh, grew up without squash. My mother didn't like squash or didn't know squash or, you know, I grew up in an era, I guess, when meat and potatoes were kind of the thing and other things hit my plate, corn, sometimes spinach or some kind of beans, but squash was not one of the things that I was exposed to as a kid and I regret that now because I... I love squash. I think, you know, I probably had, in fact, I'm sure somewhere I had some sort of squash, like an acorn maybe, with brown sugar and stuff all over it. And I don't care for that. My tomato's all sliced up now. Squash is sweet already. I would much prefer to have it contrasted with something salty and maybe even something a little spicy which is what we're doing here today, it just gives it so much more character. I love squash now, and I terribly regret 
that most of my life I did not know I loved squash because I was afraid of it because I'd never had it as a kid. I hope you are not like me. And if you are, I'm glad you're trying this recipe. You will find it to be a revelation. It's so nice to eat. Every time I eat it, I think, why don't I make this more often? This is so good. I forget how much I like this recipe. It's going to become one of your staples, at least anytime you happen to have a butternut squash that comes your way. Let's see, is there anything else we need to chop? No, but we need to drain some beans. And I'm not going to drain all of them because we're not going to use this whole can. That's kind of an unfortunate part of this recipe. So I'm going to put the part I'm not going to use. Actually, I'm going to dump the whole can into a jar. And then I'll use a slotted spoon to scoop out what I need. Well, there's not that much juice on here, but still, I don't want to rinse the parts I'm not going to use because I assume that the juice must do something good for the beans. All right, my beans are now transferred from a can to a jar. And I'm now going to spoon out half a cup and put it into a colander to drain them and rinse them off. You know we do that because the beans are packaged with salt. You have no way to know what the salt content is going to be like. It may be too salty. It may be not salty enough. You don't have any control over the final flavor because somebody else decided how much salt to put in your beans. So we rinse it off and let them drain for a minute. They're just going to sit here for a little bit. And the rest of the beans can now go in the fridge for something later. And that is always tricky because they won't keep very long. You'll have to find something else to do with your black beans fairly quickly. Now for the next part, it's going to be best to do a few things ahead of time. Get out a saucepan and add the olive oil to that, but don't turn the uh, saucepan on just yet. Just a half a tablespoon, which is one and a half teaspoons in case you don't have a half a tablespoon measure. And then measure out your rice and your vegetable stock. Also, get out your corn from your freezer, quarter of a cup of frozen corn, set that out somewhere on your counter. And we're gonna mix the spices as well, just cause it all goes in at the same time. Your long grain white rice, set out half a cup of that. And then your vegetable stock into a measuring cup. And that again is one whole cup. And I have a leftover container of vegetable broth that is half a cup in my refrigerator. I just emptied it. I also have an open container of chicken stock. So I'm going to be using half and half today. You probably could use water if you don't have any stock. I don't really know. I haven't tried that. It just means it won't be quite as flavorful maybe, but I bet you it's not even that noticeable. And then let's combine oh the corn I haven't got the corn out yet it's not very much corn just a quarter cup of frozen corn it's just a little tiny bit boy that seems crazy did I really mean that when I wrote this down it's just a tiny little bit my frozen corn is a heaping quarter of a cup it's probably closer to a third of a cup quarter of a cup is nothing why bother that was silly why did I say that I guess I'll know once we finish this why I said so little. All right, now the spices. I'm gonna put them all together in a little bowl. You don't need to do this 
It's just faster and easier for me not to have to try to do it on the fly. And like I told you, any chili powder is fine. A teaspoon of that goes in my little bowl here. A teaspoon of cumin, ground cumin. That gives it that nice warm sort of Mexican kind of flavor. Although cumin's used in Indian food too. Just provides a little warmth without heat. It's a good spice to have in the house. And a teaspoon of salt. Those are all together in a little bowl now. So the spices are ready to go in. The corn is ready to go in. Oh, I think I'm gonna measure out my third of a cup Mexican cheese too. Just have everything ready. That's the way a good cook would probably do this. Now you can turn on the heat under your olive oil in your pan there. Turn it on to maybe five out of 10 and let it heat up for just a minute. All the combo stuff that we're doing right now, you can do ahead of time and then have it ready all mixed up and ready to go in your oven. Just keep it in your fridge until about 45 minutes before you want it for dinner. I'm actually doing mine right now. It's about 3.15 in the afternoon and we don't eat dinner until about 6.15. So I'm gonna have it all ready to go in my refrigerator and all I will have to do is throw it back into the preheated 400 degree oven. My oil is heating too slowly. I guess I should have had it heating while I was chopping things, but I forget about it. I turn it on and the oil is heating and then I'm busy over here chopping things. And then suddenly it's getting smoky in my kitchen and I look up and realize that the oil is smoking because I forgot about it. So I'm trying to be good here and leave it not on. And instead I'm having to wait, which as you know, I'm not very good at. I'm not very good at the patient part of the cooking process. So I just turn my burner up just a hair to about six. And now I'm turning the oil around in this pan to see if it's hot at all. You can tell when it's hot because it looks a little ripply. It doesn't look quite static. It looks like there's something going on with it. And that's because it's getting hot. I think it's hot enough. I'm tired of waiting. Once your oil is heated up then, dump in your rice. Get some kind of spoon or spatula or whatever and stir the rice. And it's gonna get all coated with that olive oil. And actually we're gonna turn this up just a little bit. I've got it at seven, I'm gonna turn it to eight actually. Because what we wanna do now, now that the rice is in there and it has the oil on it, is encourage it to toast just a tiny bit. That doesn't take very long once your pan is hot. And it just starts to turn a little bit golden brown. No, not even that. That's an exaggeration. It just starts to tan a little bit. And you should start to notice a sort of toasty smell, which is going to take a few minutes. So I'm going to tell you what to do. And then we're going to go away again. Keep your eye on your pot. Watch for a sign that it's starting to toast. And when it looks as though it's just sort of starting to cook a little bit in terms of turning it just a hair tan it's gonna be just starting to make a little tiny bit of sizzling sound. And if it starts hopping out of the pan, you've cooked it too long, quickly add your liquid or you're gonna overcook it. Dump your broth in there and put the lid on your pan. Turn your heat down to low, between two and three, and let it cook for about 15 minutes until all the liquid that you have added, all that broth has been absorbed into the rice and then we're gonna take that off. So come back to me 
when your rice is toasted, your broth has been absorbed, and you've taken the rice pan off the heat. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Time to check the rice. It's been it's 15 minutes. I'm going to see how it looks. Oh, lordy. Never mind. Got a long way to go. Maybe I only did 12 minutes. You know, my pan has a glass lid, but it gets all steamed up inside and I can't see diddly. Keep going. Well, you know what? While we're waiting for that, those extra few minutes, I'm going to grate some sharp cheddar. And because we don't need very much, we just need a few tablespoons because this is a garnish for the top. It's not an actual internal ingredient. I'm going to use my box grater. I'm going to use the coarse grating side. And I am just going to shred some cheese here to be what I think looks to be two to three tablespoons. It's really not very much. Six or seven passes on the grater and you've got enough cheese. It's not to say it's not going to provide flavor. It is. It definitely is. But it just doesn't take a lot to decorate the outside top of your casserole. Okay, now I think it's been 16 minutes. So I'm checking again. Yeah, that's better. That's the way it should look. Good. I feel better. Right, now just take that off the heat. Oh, you probably already did because I told you to do that before I took a break. And here's where we're going to just stir in the garlic. Scooping that off my counter with my bench scraper. I do love my bench scraper. 
the tomatoes, scooping those off my cutting board also. They go into the rice. We're just dumping them right in there into the pan that you cook the rice in. And then the black beans that we drained. And then the corn. Oh, shoot. I just spilled it all over the counter. Ah, all right. I'll be right back. Oh, there's an irony to this. The reason it spilled is because I was trying to keep it from spilling and bumped something because it was too full. Because I told you I was going to use more because a quarter of a cup didn't seem like enough. And the other part, of course, is that once I spilled it, because I'd used too much corn, there was more to clean up. Anyway, it's in now. It's gone in the pan. And then the last thing that's going in the pan right this minute are the spices that we mixed together or that you didn't mix together, but you're gonna add now one at a time. And we just stir all that together. And it all kind of combined. The rice needs to get mixed in so that it, there aren't just big clumps of just rice. You know what I mean? Spread everything around. And then you can just set that aside. We're not gonna use that for a minute. I got the squash about ready to come out of my oven here. And what we're gonna do is test it. And for this, if you've got a skewer of some kind, you can poke that in. If you don't, you can use a fork. And as soon as it beeps here in just a moment, there we go, we're gonna pull it out of the oven. Oh, it's nice and toasty on the top, brown. All right, you wanna poke your skewer or your fork into the back side, the browned side, yeah, and it should give. It should just completely go through without any resistance. And that means it's done. And then if you can, you might find a spatula or something so that you can turn these now cut side up because it'll cool faster. Because right now we can't do anything with these. They're too hot. And what we want to do is scoop them out. So we want to be able to handle it. So I'm sorry, but yet again, we're gonna go away for a few minutes and come back when it's cool enough to actually handle with our fingers. Oh, you know what? My little internal devil is at me again and I just don't wanna wait. I'm just, I don't wanna wait. I'll just be careful. What we're going to do now is take a spoon, just a regular table, you know, a spoon you would use for serving tea, and scoop out the inside flesh of both halves of that butternut squash. And I can actually do this. I'm doing this right now without touching the squash with my hands at all. That'll only go so far, but maybe by then it will have cooled down. You're just scooping out the little spoons full of the squash and putting it into the rice mixture in the pan. If you sign up for my Patreon page, where you get the recipes the day that I publish the podcast, <laughs> you will absolutely know without question that this is my recipe because my parents were grammar police and they raised a really good grammar police. I'm trying to recover. I'm a recovering grammar police. But meanwhile, my recipe says, it doesn't say spoonfuls. It says spoons full, because that's the proper way to say this. It's just funny to me now. There's so many things that I used to think were important that aren't, 
that really aren't. Whether somebody looks good as they're walking past my house, whether somebody chooses to go out in their pajama pants or wear their slippers to the grocery store, whether grammar is right, whether somebody's using less than a proper language, all of it is silly. It's silly and it's unimportant. If that other person is communicating in an understandable way, what difference does it make? If the person is happy and comfortable wearing pajamas or slippers, why should I care? It's just a waste of time and energy. You know what? This is working. I can scoop with one hand and not really have to touch it. And then when I do have to touch it, I'm touching the part of the skin that's already empty. And it's not hot. If you're being more cautious than I, good for you. But you may not need to. You may be able to just go do this the same way that I am. We're leaving the skin behind. We don't want it. We're not going to use it for anything. It was just there to hold the squash together while we cooked it. There's my first half. Now I'm going to start into my second half, remembering not to use my hand. Actually, I'm going to stir this down in a little bit and get it out of my way. All right, and then back to the squash. I'll just scoop little bits. They can be smaller, they can be large. Probably the smaller, the better, though, because we're going to have to stir this in, and we don't want big lumps. We want it to mix in with the rice and the tomatoes. It's such an odd-sounding combination, isn't it? Butternut squash with tomatoes. That seems weird. And then you add the cheese. That's, I don't know, butternut squash and cheese. To me, that seems like an odd combo. Clearly, I don't think so. Once I get it all put together, I'm really in love with this recipe. See, I can hold down the part that I've already scooped out, and it's not hot. I am so happy to learn this. But I never have to wait for this to cool again, which is great. I'm just terrible at being patient for cooking things. I jump the gun almost always in some way when I'm told I have to wait and let something cool, when I'm told I have to wait and let something marinate, when I have to wait for something to freeze or come to room temperature. I have shortcuts for that. Because I just don't have the mental stamina to wait. Once your squash is all in there, just stir everything up. Kind of smallening those. See there? See, it's a good thing I like being a grammar police. Making those pieces of squash smaller as you go. Chop them up with your spatula or whatever you're stirring with as you go. They're just going to mix in. It all becomes the same kind of goop. It doesn't have to have islands of squash or islands of rice or islands of tomato. We're just chopping it all together, stirring it all up. Now, the last thing we're going to add is the shredded Mexican cheese. Dump that in and stir it up. You're going to say to yourself, oh my, this is almost nothing. I need more cheese. And I am not going to stop you from doing that because there's no such thing, according to everyone in my family, as too much cheese. There's no such thing as too much cheese. That's sort of our slogan. We repeat it to ourselves on a regular basis. I wouldn't go overboard. It's not supposed to be your dominant flavor. It's just supposed to sort of help meld everything together. Now this goes in your casserole dish. Just scoop it out of the pan and into the casserole dish. I just sort of smooth it into the casserole dish so it's flat-ish on the top. 
We're going to do one more thing, and that is to add this sharp cheddar to the top. And it just gets spread around the top of the casserole, and that will do some nice things as it's cooking. Again, it's not a lot, but you'll find that it's enough. You're not trying to slather it. You're just trying to sort of garnish it. And as it cooks, it will melt and become beautiful as well as tasty. Now it goes either in the refrigerator for later, cover it first, actually, or cover it and put it in your oven. If your oven is already still at 400 degrees from cooking the squash, bully for you. That's great. You can cook it right now if you want to. If you have to preheat your oven, this will be okay on the counter for a few minutes. And if it's going to be a long time, just put it in the fridge. When you put it in the oven, set the timer for 30 minutes. And at 30 minutes, you're going to take the cover off. So it's been in the oven with its cover on it. And my casserole dish has a cover, but I want to cook this in my toaster oven. And with the cover on it, it's too tall for my toaster oven. You may have heard me say I cook almost everything in my toaster oven these days because I'm only cooking for two people in my house. My kids have all moved out, and I love my toaster oven. But there are times when I have to compromise, like right now. I have the great lid for this casserole, but I'm covering it in foil just so I can use my toaster oven, which uses a lot less energy and heats up a lot faster. Set your timer for 30 minutes. Pop it in your oven and let it cook for 30 minutes. And then at the end of 30 minutes, take the top off. It's going to stay in the oven. It's going to start to kind of bubble a little bit. And it's going to start to brown around the edges. You take the top off and you cook it for another 15 minutes. So your total time on this is going to be 45 minutes. 30 minutes with the lid on, 15 minutes with the lid off. You might find that you want to take it out five minutes earlier than that because it looks done and you don't want it to get too hard because the top is going to get bubbly and kind of brown and the sides are going to get, and this is the best part, kind of brown and crispy. That is my favorite part of this whole casserole is the edges. The sides of it get so nice and kind of toasty, crispy, crunchy. It's fabulous. That's all you need to know about this recipe. You could serve it with a salad. You can serve it by itself. It's a complete dish all by itself. If you like it, like I said, please tell your friends. If you're looking for something to go with it or to have after it, please check my website, thecookalongpodcast.com. Please check my Patreon site if you would like to contribute to this podcast. Just go to patreon.com and type in the Cook Along Podcast. And you'll find me there. And that is where I post complete printable versions of the recipes that I do on the same day that I post the podcast. And if you have something you want to say to me, a question, a request for a recipe, something you want to tell me about the recipe when you made it, go to my Facebook page, facebook.com. And then again, just type in the Cook Along podcast. So just leave me a message there either in private message or in the feed. And then if you want to, you can look for me on Instagram and on Twitter. I hope you have a lovely dinner. I'm going to, I know I'm very excited about this. And until next time, happy cooking.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. If you're enjoying this podcast, you can make a contribution through the supporter link on every Cookalong podcast page or go to Kofi, ko-fi.com slash the Cookalong podcast. Thanks for your support and thanks for listening.